Hello. I have been putting off this episode for a couple weeks now. And funny enough, the episode is surrounding fear (laughs) and diving into why I was scared to start a podcast has brought all that fear to the surface. I started recording this episode a few minutes ago and after I'd say five minutes I was talking and a voice popped into my head and said nobody cares like why are you talking about this nobody gives a shit and sitting with that thought I was kind of shocked to hear it and like actually see that it was there But I asked it, why? Like, why is nobody going to care? And it had no answer for that. And my brain followed it up with, well, what if I care? Like, even if nobody else listens to this, even if this podcast has an audience of one, and that one is me, (laughs) it's still something that I wanted to do. It's still something that I challenged my fear about. And that is what this year-long experiment is about. So for context, um, my name is Nancy. I am both the bee and the Baroness in The Baroness and Me. Um, This name encompasses multiple aspects of who I am as a person, the journey that I am embarking on, and the way that I perceive the world. I am both the community member and the leader. I am the explorer and the homemaker. I am a variety of roles that I never thought I would be able to embody. And over the last year, I've looked at how many times I've stared fear in the face and said, yeah, and? And how that's changed my life. How it allowed me to find the courage to leave relationships that I did not feel fulfilled by it allowed me to overcome the fear of leading, leaving a steady, <laughs> wow, <laughs> the fear of leaving a steady job and income to pursue what my soul was calling me to do. And in that time since leaving my job, I have changed my mind about 20 different times as to what I'm going to do with my time now that I'm no longer working for somebody else. I am kind of shocked sometimes when I look at my life and I see how many times in the last year I had the audacity (laughs) 
<laughs> the audacity to ask myself, well, what about me? What about what I want? When does that come into play? Leaving my job and taking a break from school was the biggest one that's happened recently. Because at the end of the day, I found myself so exhausted that I could barely focus on school. I was skimming through the material just to answer questions and do assignments. I wasn't actually absorbing what it was I was there to learn. And I was just miserable. I felt so drained of energy because I knew I wasn't doing what my soul called me to do. And I had to really ask myself, like, am I willing to feel like this for the next year and a half until I'm done school and can transition into a different position? The answer was no. (laughs) The answer was God, no, because as soon as I had that realization, I quit my job the next day. And looking at that, I thought I would rather face the fear of uncertainty that comes with leaving my job than I would staying in this position. Wow. So I just had like huge deja vu of me recording this right now. And that is 1000% my spirit guides being like, hey, girl, you on the right track. <laughs> Whew, okay. Whenever I have those moments, it's like a full body experience that I am both here in this present moment, but I'm also in the parallel moments that I'm being shown, which is really cool. Um, Okay, back to what I was talking about. The uncertainty of following my heart and, and what brought me passion was fucking terrifying. I did not... I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I have changed my mind about 20 different times about the direction I'm heading in and what I want to get out of this experiment. Um, But here we are. Here we are. I keep having to remind myself to slow down. My brain is going at a mile a minute right now. Feeling like we have to get everything out in one episode. And that I can't come back and talk about the same thing. This is actually something that came up in therapy yesterday. I noticed at the end of my session that some of the anxiety I was feeling before was being in limbo of like neither being here nor there but also fearing that the revelations I was sharing with him were something I had already talked about and couldn't revisit. And that's kind of coming up again now of, oh, well, if you repeat something, like, you're going to get attacked for it. You're going to be told that, oh, well, you've already talked about that, like, I don't want to hear about it again. Oh, gosh. Sitting with that feeling felt quite uncomfortable uh, in my stomach. Wow. 
um, yeah, I guess we're just going to dive right into that one. So, um, we'll come back to the order of things and what we're learning with everything, but, um, fear has been one of the biggest, I want to say motivators, but also directors in my life that I, I was completely under control, under the control of fear. And it was fear of being seen and fear of being persecuted. So that kind of ties into fearing that I would repeat myself and that I wasn't allowed to revisit things. Um, so that fear of persecution really comes in to play there. The more I sit with fear, the more I learn that it's laced with shame and guilt. It's an internalization of my perceived response from others, what I'm perceiving others will say to me or will think about me. And I can't remember, I want to say this was from a TED talk, but I could be mistaken. It could have just been a YouTube video. Um, but it was that shame is a fear of being disliked. Same with guilt. Um, that there's an element of fearing being disliked by other people. And that is very much a common theme in my life when I look at how many times I've put myself in situations that I didn't want to be in because I didn't want the other person to get mad at me and I didn't want the other person to think less of me for choosing to honor my boundaries and my comfort. Those have always been um, second or last on my priority list. They've never been in first place. And now that I'm starting to put them in first place, I'm starting to see how many people benefited from me not having any boundaries and from allowing myself to be uncomfortable, which is really why I left so many relationships last year that I just couldn't, I couldn't bear feeling that unseen anymore. It was like having to hide who I was and wearing a persona for somebody else. It was exhausting. God, it was exhausting. I felt like I had to put a mask on every day to be whoever the people around me needed me to be. So for the next year, coming back to this 12-month experiment, when I quit my job, I said I'm giving myself a year. So for the next 12 months, I'm just really going to dive into what I want to do, whether it scares me or not, because... Right now, the only person's perception that I give a shit about is mine. I don't care how many people that offends, 
how many people that makes uncomfortable or how many people are upset by me doing this because I need to see what that feels like. I need to see what my life could be like if I cared about me and what I want above what I think other people expect of me. So right now I am on the second month of this year. Uh, I spent the first month of it panicking. This was also the period in which I changed my mind a gajillion times. Um, there was an overlap of me not working and being on break from school that I, I didn't do anything productive, really. And productive, I, I use in the sense of what society tells us is productive. Um, I really just existed and I analyzed the shit out of everything I was thinking and feeling. I became the observer in my life and just kind of let things happen. I, I got out of my own way. And what I've come to find from that is that I am an explorer, that I love looking at the abstract and trying to make sense of it. Finding and assigning meaning is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> and I used to do this in a way that was very self-destructive because I was internalizing everything. And now that I'm protecting myself while engaging with the world, I can see that the observations that I'm making are now painting a picture that I get to share with other people. So looking into the origin of fear, I found two really, really cool TED Talks that I want to talk about. So the first one was Anne Guerin and her podcast, not podcast, <laughs> what? Her TED Talk was about overcoming the fear of failure. And she explained that there were four types of risk taking that often spark fear for people. So the first of that was physical fear or physical risk taking, financial risk taking, moral risk taking and social risk taking. Looking at how those are present in my own life, I started to see that the physical risk taking for me was actually existing in my body. That looks like not dieting anymore. That looks like wearing the clothes that I want to wear, regardless of how my body looks. That means wearing funky glasses because I think they're cool. And being a fat yoga teacher. Oh my God, that has been the biggest one for me. Like being seen on camera in a position of, I say authority because I have formal training, not because I am above somebody else in my class. We are all equals in the space that we hold together. But in that, I have... A responsibility to share the knowledge that has been given to me 
in a way that is meaningful for them. But that means that I have to be willing to be seen sharing that information. So (laughs) the physical embodiment of actually living in my body and recognizing that there was a physical score of trauma that needed to be release, released was step one for me in overcoming the fear of actually embarking on this journey. I've been doing breath work to help with that release. And the way that I like to describe active breath work is that it feels like a controlled triggering of a traumatic experience in in my experience so when I was going into breath work I was going in with the intention of I am clearing physical trauma so I knew that by engaging in this breath pattern it would bring my body to a state of trauma so that I could coach myself through it and release it from my body depending what intention you set when you go into the breath work that's going to change your experience so acknowledging that I needed to make space for me to actually exist was the first risk that I took in this journey. The second risk she discussed was financial. In this case, leaving the steady income of my job was a very big financial risk. Right now I'm living on savings and student loans and the income that I get from the couple yoga classes that I teach week. So investing in myself and saying for the next year, I am going to fund this experiment. I am going to fund this study of self and trust that the money I am spending on me is worth it, that I am worth it. That taking that time off to pursue what brings me joy is going to be worth every single dollar that I invest in it. The third one was moral. And with morals, it comes down to the line between what is right and what is wrong. And when I look at that concept, I see how many ways our perception of right and wrong has been influenced by our social, our societal, our media influences, all of these different inputs that show you what life is supposed to look like or how you're supposed to feel or, or any other variety of suggestion as to what is normal and what is right can be swayed by the stimuli that you're taking in. For me, the moral aspect came into play when it came to diving into my spirituality. I was raised um, Roman Catholic, did a brief stint in Christianity, um, went to the dark side of witchcraft, and then back to Christianity because I had a spiritual awakening that I thought was demons. Turns out it was just trauma. yeah, pursuing that kind of went against a core belief of mine that reading tarot 
an oracle communicating with my spirit guides and ancestors that that was somehow evil, even though that connection is the closest I've ever come to feeling like I'm talking with God, which we're going to get into a whole other episode about um, source and God creation, all of that. It'll come up again later. I'm not going to get into that now because this will be an extremely long podcast episode if I do. Um, So yes, exploring that belief system outside of what I had been told was the proper way to communicate with God is very much a moral risk that I am putting what I used to believe out on the table in front of me. And I have to be willing to release what doesn't work and make space for something that does. And then finally, the last step was social risk. In this case, the podcast, my online presence, my TikTok videos, my Instagram posts, the charity live streams that I'm getting set up. All of these things are social risks. I am putting myself out there and opening up space where people could potentially come in with negativity. And although I'm pretty confident in my ability to no longer internalize that negativity, there's still a part of me that is fearful that I will have to deal with that. So that social risk is definitely a big one. I don't particularly enjoy confrontation. I don't like upsetting people. But sometimes what is true for you and what you need to do is triggering for other people. And that is their journey to work through. We can be compassionate in our approach and we can be empathetic. But at the end of the day, we also have to make space to honor our own perceptions and our own needs. So the mental perception of how these four risks were at play in my life. No, that was a separate note. (laughs) I already talked about that. The mental perception is what I just went over. You silly goose. Okay. (laughs) Yes. All right. We're just going to go to the second one. I confused myself with my own notes. Um, not the first time, not going to be the last. So I could edit this out, but really I want this to feel like a real conversation. And for any of my friends who might be listening, this is a normal conversation. Like they can attest to this, that there's like 17 different side stories, brief pause for context. Uh, Oh, we'll circle back. And then two hours later, later being like, Oh my God, I finally came back, came back to me. Okay. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then you lose the point that you were just talking about because you finally circled back. Anyways, it's, it's a lot. If, you, if you're signing up to be in my space as I'm talking through things, you know, get your explorer hat on. There's a lot to keep up with. Um, <laughs> so going into the second YouTube video that really made a difference for me um, or that was impactful for me and my research on fear was by Caleb Meekins. And he did a 40 day challenge where um, he did things that scared him. People sent in suggestions of different things that were legal 
entertaining and would otherwise cause somebody fear. And he made a commitment to go through 40 days of doing a different task each day that scared him. And in this, he started to see that if you could just have, you know, 20 seconds of blinding courage to do the thing, then what is fear? Right? If you can override that fear, why would you succumb to it? And a couple weeks ago, I had posted a video of me singing. It was right after I watched this video. Uh, and he had issued a challenge to the audience to stand up and sing a song. And a couple people did, but everybody else kind of just sat there and stared at them. And after posting that video, I thought, oh, what, what if I did that? Like, what if, what if I just stood up and did the thing? What if I agreed to walk with fear for a period of time and see what I could learn from it? Which brings me to my next point. And the first thing it showed me was that there was a part of me that was scared to get better. That was scared to heal. And a group mate of mine was helping me talk through, well, actually it was my whole support group that was helping me talk through my experience with healing and how some others around me didn't seem to want to get better. But I realized I was also one of those people and that's why I resonated with them. That's why I spent so much time with them was because I didn't have to. But now that I'm agreeing to walk with fear, that means I'm agreeing to address that fear of getting better. It's the what if question. It's the great what if. What if it's not better? What if addressing this doesn't make me feel better? Did I just waste my time? What was the point of all of that? Why did I think I could do that? I don't deserve that. This is as good as it's going to get. These were all the things that that fear shared with me. These were the thoughts that brought that fear to life. I've lived my entire 26 years on this planet terrified of my own potential. Terrified to let people down. terrified to try to fail to be scared
think a lot of that ties into a lack of faith in my own ability to take care of myself. But most of all, that fear was about leaving people behind. Ooh, even as I said that, <clears throat> I felt so much energy just clear in my throat. I didn't want to leave people behind. And something that my therapist said to me was that the role of the explorer brings on an element of loneliness, right? Because I'm, I'm walking into the unknown of healing, of safety and security. That's what I'm exploring. And if the explorer is the one that jumps first, and typically there aren't other people jumping with them yet. The explorer goes on the journey and then comes back to share the findings. And when I started to piece all of that together, I could see that my fear of getting better wasn't just about me and my own potential. It was a fear of outgrowing what I once said I loved. Just because I grew out of something doesn't mean that I don't still carry love for that person that I was, the people that were involved, and the situations I found myself in. It just means that I no longer identify with that. My sense of self is no longer tied to that perception and belief. So this brings me to the next part of this 12-month experiment. The first part was very much planning, um, research. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I keep thinking concise, but clearly defining what it is I want. That first prep period has come to an end for now. And diving into the second part of this is the application and the integration of the downloads that I received, the pieces of insight that have led me to this point. So the challenge that I am doing uh, was inspired by my friend Allie you can find her on Instagram at XP Manifester and also on TikTok at Experimental Manifester. 
um, where currently she is on her second week of the 75 day hard challenge. So essentially this challenge is where you set, I want to say goals for yourself to consistently work at on a daily basis over the next 75 days. And for my challenge, I am looking at self-care because my self-care is extremely inconsistent and this greatly impacts my ability to be present in my life and my ability to juggle all the roles that I take on at any given time. (laughs) Self-care has been something that I... feel like I was fascinated by and I liked the social media reel of what self-care was. I like the face masks and the bubble baths and the uh, sometimes the journaling. Sometimes I don't want to journal about whatever I'm thinking or feeling. Um, But outside of that highlight reel of self-care, that shit's hard. It is... Honestly, the hardest thing I think I've ever done in my life is taking care of myself and parenting myself. The spiritual journeying and emotional healing, the addressing of trauma, all of that takes an enormous amount of energy to clear that space. So if I'm not taking care of myself... I'm not able to do what I need to do to feel stable and to nurture my curiosity. My sense of discovery and exploration comes from my overflow. That means I need a baseline of consistency. So I have created a fun little, um, whatchamacallit, handout, I guess. I actually made this at the beginning of my month, um, of my month, of the first month of this experiment, and then didn't do it. (laughs) Um, So I originally made a daily manifestations list, and on this list, I had eight different items. The first was connection, Meditation, yoga, movement, reading, writing, music, and language. So I'll kind of break these down. Um, The first one, connection, is a moment that I felt connected to heart center. So every day... I want to find a moment in my day where I am connected to the purest essence of who I am. And that comes from the chest warming, heart swelling movements or moments in life that remind me what the point is of all of this. So every day I'm striving to find a moment of connection. It can be anything. It will probably involve my cat let's be honest when I look at her my entire world is just 
complete. <laughs> I could sit and stare at her tiny little face and her stupid little feet all day long. Sometimes I'm late to places because I pet my cat for too long before I leave. She looks at me with the saddest little eyes. She has an extremely manipulative meow and it works every time. So anyways, <laughs> this podcast is not about my cat. I could do a podcast about my cat. I'll give you a list of hundred things I love about her. Yeah. Uh, okay. So connection down. We explained that one. Next one is meditation. Um, I will be doing, again, another episode on meditation, different ways that we can meditate because it doesn't always have to look like sitting down with your eyes closed and your hands in a mudra while saying om. It doesn't have to be that. Don't let social media fool you. Um, So that's the second one. The third one is yoga. So I already do yoga three times a week with my classes. But my personal practice outside of those times often suffers when I am in a state of limbo. Um, So really, I don't want to say forcing myself, but committing to spend that time with my body in a state of connection between mind, body and soul physically here on earth is a priority. Um, The second part of that is movement. Originally, I wrote workout, but I'm still working on my beliefs around fitness. Um, Having experienced being outside of my body for so long, being overweight for most of my life and yo-yo dieting on a million different fad diets uh, really fucked up my relationship with movement. So I'm trying to cultivate a carefree connection. Dance parties have been my favorite go-to lately. I have been dancing up a storm in my kitchen, at the red light, in my bedroom. (laughs) My study breaks are generally dance breaks right now. And moving my body in this way connects me to the feminine energy that I have suppressed for so long that dancing felt obscenely sexual to me. Um, It was like footloose playing on a loop in my head of like, you can't let them dance. The world will crumble if the children dance. Um, So I'm reconnecting to movement. Uh, Reading and writing are two things that allow me to express myself in different ways, to paint different pictures, create different metaphors. And what I find happening sometimes is I use the same language. I limit myself to a repertoire of expression. So reading and writing consistently will help me develop the ability to share what it is I'm journeying or what it is I'm exploring. The last two uh, is music. So I recently started taking piano lessons again. My roommate is a music teacher, which is very convenient. 
Um, so I recently started taking lessons again after a couple years in high school. But I am not consistent with practice, like at all. Consistency is a theme here. <laughs> I'm very good at the short stints and the bursts of energy, but consistently maintaining a balance can be very difficult for me. So practicing music daily, um, whether that's physical playing or music theory, she's helping me learn how to compose my own music in time, helping me learn how to improvise with other musicians, and then also just the basic knowledge of music. And actually, she explained it to me as learning the grammar. When we were sitting down to do music theory, she was like, doing this is really like learning the grammar to using music as a language. So I'm excited for that skill to develop um, because typically when I connect to spirit, I hear songs in my head. And when I was a nanny a couple years ago, I used to hum with the kids all the time. Like I would sing them to sleep, but also when we were out for walks, I would be humming at the trees or the wind would pass by in a certain way and I'd hear a song in my mind. So being able to take that message and bring it down into the world is something that I really, really want to do. And the last one here is language. So I speak English, obviously. I speak what I consider customer service French. Um, both of my parents speak French and I was raised bilingual, but then I stopped using it. And uh, now I kind of speak like a broken up Fringlish. I can understand way more than I can speak, but that's kind of its own thing. Living in a city where half the population speaks French, <laughs> kind of important. Uh, but that's actually not the language that I want to be focusing on over the next year. Um, I want to learn Korean. I've been trying to learn Korean for a couple years. And again, the consistency. She wasn't there. Um, I'm a big fan of BTS. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I, I, I love BTS so much. Uh, my heart, they just make my heart so happy. Like I can't talk about them and not smile because they've been there for so many big life changes and the music they have shared with us, the vulnerability that they have extended to us is so comforting. It was, it was so validating to hear that other people were going through it and that I just had to keep going. Oh yeah. They, in, in the fandom, they always say like, you don't find BTS, BTS finds you. Very, very true. They found me when I was ready and I needed to hear what it is they had to say. Um, but learning Korean would allow me to interact with media that I've now come to love without having a language barrier. I want to be able to listen to my favorite songs and feel the weight of the language that they chose without having to translate it. 
because when you translate it, you lose the entire essence of a culture, right? The weight of our language is inundated with culture. So learning how to interact with the media that means so much to me is something that I really want to be able to say I've done. I also have a friend that is living in South Korea right now. Uh, my travel plans initially were to go visit her last October, but you know, we're in a pandemic lavado. So that didn't happen. Hey buddy, you here? Are you joining the show? Oh yes, hello. Are you here to eat garbage? Yep, that's exactly it. She came in and went right to the garbage can. There's plastic in there. It's her favorite thing. Um, yes, I was supposed to visit my friend in South Korea last year, but that did not happen. Our trip or my trip has been postponed. And it would be super cool if I was able to actually speak with people and understand what was going on around me. So that's the end of the list. Those are my eight things. Connection, meditation, yoga, movement, reading, writing, music, and language. So my goal with this is consistency, right? I've said that a couple times, brought it back around. Consistency. Consistency to me is not equal to intensity. Again, as I had said before, I was very good at the short stints, the super intense bursts, but my endurance is not that great. So my consistency, that endurance that I'm building is a commitment of five minutes every day. The connection one is kind of a yes or no. There's not really a time limit on that one. But every day I am committing to five minutes of engagement with each of these items because I am a firm believer that consistent steps forward will bring you to your destination. And even if it takes you longer, when you get there, you are going to be so secure in your foundation that even if things come tumbling down, even if that tower moment comes back and it all goes to shit, you have a solid foundation of, in this case, self-care behind you ready to support you through that transition. So five minutes every day, I'm going to be documenting that probably in between TikTok and Instagram. I want to say I'm going to make a TikTok video every day, but let's be real. Sometimes making videos takes so much energy that I would rather just write a post about it. Also, I am uh, quite guilty of doing something and then immediately after going, Oh shit, I should have recorded that. Like I I I could have taken 2 seconds to set up a camera and I didn't. Um so I will work on that, but no promises. <laughs> there probably there will there will be a trial and error. A trial and error. I'm really learning how to have grace with myself and flexibility to give myself permission. to try to change my mind to fuck it up to fail to any 
possible outcome that happens from this is a learning opportunity, whether it went as planned or not. So maybe that's like a sub goal to work on is like learning how to flow with things. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we shall see. Okay. Let me just look over this real quick to see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, something that I like to do with, it started in therapy first, and then I asked my support group if they wanted to do it uh, during our uh, group call, and it really helped uh, personally, but also I think it helped the rest of our group. Um, so I'd like to do emotional check-ins and checkouts. Of course, I didn't check in at the beginning. See, this is like the video of not recording and then realizing after this is that. Um, so my emotional check-in and check-out at the beginning of the podcast and at the end of the podcast, because learning to speak, learning to use my voice and I want to say like own my platform, own the space that I am creating right now. Ah, eyelash in my eyeball. Excuse me. That's not where you belong. Um, learning how to use my voice is terrifying. <laughs> it very much ties into facing these fears. Um, so my emotional check-in right now, I am still feeling a little anxious. I wouldn't say as intensely as I did at the beginning of the episode. I'd say I was probably at an eight. Now I'd say like five, four or five. There's a lot of thoughts in my mind of like, oh my God, as I listen through this after, it's not going to make any sense. I'm going to have just wasted an hour recording this. A lot of, a lot of thoughts in there that I will be journaling to get out um, and just thank them for trying to care for me, but assuring them that I can take care of us now and that I can choose a different dialect with myself. I can, I can speak a different language to myself. So my emotional check-in that yes, anxiety is about a four or a five right now, but otherwise like I'm feeling pretty proud of myself. I'm not going to lie. I love seeing myself on video. Like I frequently watch my own videos. I listen back over my own audio recordings. I love hearing myself talk. <laughs> I find it very comforting. Um, so I've been enjoying, for those just listening to the audio, I've been recording a video portion of this because I'd like to upload the video to YouTube as well um, so that it's on different platforms and media options depending on how listeners would like to engage. Um, yeah, seeing myself has been kind of comforting. I'm like, oh, really? I'm having a conversation with me right now. And I'm wearing one of my new pairs of glasses. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> All right. I think I think that is it. Quick recap as a summary. Right now, in month two of 12 of my fuck it fear challenge, I guess, of saying yes to the things that excite me, to the things that inspire me and make me feel alive, even if there is fear behind that, sitting with the fear and asking why it's there. 
and then choosing how to integrate that lesson into my life. So we were on month two of 12 with that. We went over the four different types of risk-taking, physical, financial, moral, and social from Anne Gerard's uh, TED Talk, Overcoming the Fear of Failure. And then the second one, uh, the second TED Talk, Caleb Meekins. I can also link these in... uh, I don't know how much room I have in the podcast description. I've been wanting to upload a transcript of this as well, so maybe I can have like a resource area where any links or resources I talk about in the show, I can link that for you guys somewhere and you can just access them and peruse them at your own leisure. Uh, yeah, so the second TED Talk was Caleb Meekins, which was the 40 Days of Facing Fear, and that in combination with my friend Ali going through the 75 Day Hard Challenge right now has led to my involvement in the 75 Days Hard with the daily manifestation list of connection, meditation, yoga, movement, reading, writing, music, and language. Cool. All right. Well, my intention is to do a weekly check-in. Most updates for the show will be posted on Instagram or TikTok. Um, Both, again, are the Bee and the Baroness. For both platforms, same name, the B B E E and the Baroness. I was about to say at hotmail.com. I mean, that's my email. If you want to email me something, if you want to like talk or you have a cool resource, suggestion, thought, question, you know, you can send me your thoughts over at the B and the Baroness at hotmail.com. Okay, I'm excited to go on this journey with you guys, even if I'm a little bit terrified and my stomach has a horde of butterflies that would like to be released. um, I'm very much looking forward to this challenge, to documenting it with you, and to learning, to discovery, to curiosity. So thank you so much for listening. I'm going to go edit this now, put all the clips together. There were quite a few times I had to stop and be like, oh, girl, you need to breathe. Calm down a second. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I will be back soon. Thank you again for listening. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.